Hey everybody, it is Tuesday, 4 o'clock Eastern, which means it's time for the Monster Maverick Show, where we talk about all things Splinterlands and, and then some. Uh, I think this this episode's going to be and then some. <laughs> uh, we got a couple people in the audience uh, filtering in. I'm actually experimenting with uh, not doing show promo, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, normally I go around and I, you know, I tweet and I post on Hive and I, uh, you know, go into the Discord, but with some of the technological advancement that Rondon has put into MSP Waves, um, you know, there's auto, uh, auto, uh, distribution of some of that, some of those notices to other, to other Discord channels and, and such. So we're going to see how that works out and how that, how this week compares to, to other weeks. <laughs> I don't know if Ron's happy about that or not, but, uh, that's, that is the thing. Uh, we do have a bunch of stuff to go over uh, today. We're going to talk about Uniswap. We're going to talk about uh, the Dark Energy Crystal Markets, of course. We're going to talk about the AMA that uh, that Agrid had with uh, the, guy, the guy from Gala Games, uh, Eric, I believe his name was. Um, and a whole bunch of announcements that uh, that just dropped from, from the Splinterlands uh, team. So, you know, let's, uh, I guess let's get to it. Um, you know, before, uh, actually, before we even get to any of that, <laughs> you know, it's been, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy week in, in all things, really, you know, we had Trump uh, going to the hospital and then getting out of the hospital and people were upset both times. So, um, you know, I was, you know, we have this little election game going on, uh, on Hive or on Hive Engine, really. And uh, if you are watching the, the, either the replay or on the, the live stream with, uh, mspwaves.com or vim.tv or theta.tv uh so under my old screen setup i used to have like a text box of what was going on in the chat so i changed that to actually have a capture of my discord window and uh you know that way you can actually see the images and, and things that pop up i might have to play with the um with the sizing of everything so that you can actually see everything but uh but that's the idea but anyway um I just wanted to mention the election game simply because, you know, there's been a little bit of activity, but not not a whole lot of changes uh, over the past couple of weeks, even with all these all these differences in in the political landscape. So, uh, you know, if you are if you are interested in in the election, if you think Biden's going to win, the odds are still great. Uh, if you think nobody's going to win, then uh, <laughs> then, uh, you know, you're going to make a huge return uh, on your on your choice. And right now, Trump is still the favorite. Uh, so we've got 2,200 on Trump, we've got 1,272 on Biden, and 173 on neither, uh, which is named nobody, but really means neither. Because uh, if, you know, if if Trump gets taken out and Pence wins, then nobody's going to pay out. If Biden gets taken out and Harris wins, then nobody's going to pay out. So uh, just keep those keep those in mind. Uh, as you know, we always have our, our Deck 101 family of services where... You know, if you want to burn cards, then uh, it's better off setting them to deck 101. And that really came into into play this past week because of some of the changes in, in the Dark Energy Crystal Market, which we'll get into in a bit. Also, you know, deck 404, we're always looking for owners of cards who want to uh, want to have a player play their cards and and you know split the split the rewards. Uh, you know, there's always more players that want accounts than there are owners who are supplying accounts. So if you are an owner contact us on our discord i'll go ahead and drop that link right here 
invite people, copy. There, that's the Deck 101 uh, Discord. So hop in there and join the Deck 404 uh, channel, and uh, you know we can always talk about stuff there. You know we have a few more that have come online, but uh, there's still a waiting list. <laughs> uh, we got uh, what are some good cards to burn? That is an excellent question. Uh, Basically, anything below 10%. Uh, so a lot of the newer rewards cards are, are uh, burnable. There are a couple really unloved um, untamed cards that, that get burned a lot. Um, the Etten Spearman gets burned a lot, even though he's a beta untamed. Uh, same with the Baby Unicorn. They're just not finding their niche within the game, and so people are not buying them. And you know that leads to uh, prices being low and them being worth being burned. Because you have to remember that if you have, if you're selling a card, um, then you're going to be paying typically 5% in market fees. And then you're going to be waiting around for a sale. So uh, if, you know, basically I, to me, the, the waiting uh, opportunity cost and then the, the market fees and everything, basically 10% is the number. So like right now, uh, if we go to Peak Monsters... We have a. Uh, let's go to Peak Monsters Market, and we got so the price feed is that number. That's that's U.S. dollars per uh, per Dark Energy Crystal. So that's point zero 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 seven one eight nine, and you know par value is point zero zero one. So we're below par uh, by uh, you know twenty eight percent or so. Uh, which is actually up from from what it's been recently, and that that gets into the Uniswap stuff that we're going to talk about. So from there, you can actually calculate uh, how much you know a card is a card's burn value is worth. Um, Spittlelands game. Ooh, this is a new chart. <laughs> I haven't seen this one, Yasik. Uh, so this is Dark Energy Crystal Holdings. I'm guessing total. Nobody. J six nine six nine aggroed. It's 7189 Splintoshis. Yes, that's Agrod's term, Splintoshis. But he uses it inconsistently. That's that's the thing that drives me nuts. So if it were like 0. 0.00072, he would say 72 Splintoshis. But this is 7189. Uh, so he's, he needs to get his unit straight. Uh, <laughs> that's just one of those one of those things. Uh, so so right now, you know, we got uh, 0. 0.0007189. And so the burn value of an untamed uh, rare card is is 2.88 cents. Same chart with different labels. Uh, so you know if if you're selling cards that you know that that are untamed rares and you're like you know under 3.2 cents, then uh, you know I think it's not worth bothering with the marketplace and better off set into deck 101 uh, for for eventual burning. And uh, yeah, Rondon says Ag needs to get his stuff together. I I agree. In fact, I'm just gonna do a little carrot uh, worst here. Just you know, that's that's <laughs> worst DJ ever is Agrid's spirit animal. So like for example, in deck 101, when we decide whether to to sell a card or not, because uh, you know, so we have we have you know tons of cards, and you know we could sell them or we could. Um, or we could burn them. And we have a, a decision matrix 
for basically 25% of burn value. If it's under 25%, we're just going to accumulate them until we burn them, and that's it. If it's over 25%, we'll, 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 uh, we'll list them for sale. So, like, for, uh, you know, I do all the gold uh, card sales uh, on that. And so, like, if I'm looking at an untamed uh, epic card, and it's under 9 bucks right now, we're not selling it. So, you know, it's, it's a very easy yes-no uh, threshold. So, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing you have to keep in mind. And prices change constantly. So, uh, what we saw, let's see, if, I think it was four days ago. Uh, yeah, so here was the post from four days ago. De deck is all in Uniswap. And this caught me totally by surprise. Um, so, <laughs> the, the post says, get your yield farm on. And they provide, uh, you know, a contract address and and uh, some some details. Plus, they have liquidity incentives, which is very interesting. So, you know, being mostly in the Hive ecosystem, Uniswap is really unfamiliar to a lot of people. So uh, the way it works is that Uniswap is a decentralized marketplace. And uh, basically anybody can list a pair uh, or a token, an ERC-20 token, that is against Ethereum. Uh, you can do other combinations, but the vast majority are, uh, are token ERC-20 token against Ethereum. Technically, it's against wrapped Ethereum, which is an ERC-20 version of Ethereum, but trades at the same price. So, so it's this decentralized marketplace that's extremely popular. Uh, volume on it, you know, exceeded the volume on Coinbase uh, last month or the month before. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And some of it's legitimate, some of it's not. You know, there's plenty of pump and dump scams, but there's plenty of people just trading Ethereum versus Bitcoin or Ethereum versus DAI or... Uh, or whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heavily involved in the, in the Leo finance project. So I have part of the pool of a wrapped Leo against Ethereum. And now I'm in the, the dark energy crystals against Ethereum pool as well. So the way the pools work is when you enter a pool, then you have to, at least on Uniswap, you have to have equivalent amounts of both sides of the, of the trade. So if you have a thousand US dollars worth of uh, dark energy crystal, then you need a thousand US dollars worth of Ethereum. And you, you place both sides into the trade. And you are, you are enrolling yourself in the smart contract of an automated market maker. So what market makers do is they take the other side of trades. So somebody comes in with Ethereum, they want to buy dark energy crystals, then they, uh, they are, they are selling their Ethereum and they're buying dark energy crystals. You, as the market maker in the pool, are taking the opposite side. So you're selling dark energy crystals and you're buying the Ethereum. So that gets important because there's what's called, you know, in, in the DeFi world, uh, decentralized finance world, they're calling the imper impermanent loss, which is a convoluted term, uh, but basically it's opportunity cost. Basically, if a market is trending in one direction, and this is a general problem with all kinds of market makers, then you are continually taking the side that is being sold and continually losing the side that is being bought. So in a case where, like Dark Energy Crystals, we're at 71.89, if that gets up to 10,000, then uh, you have been selling on the way up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Quantum Notch just says, sending your deck to, to ETH before land sale. Yeah, so that's, that is exactly what can happen. Um, 
so you have to you have to be cognizant of, of that risk and you know maybe that matters to you maybe it doesn't it just depends on on your personal uh on your personal perspective on things and you know what what it is you're actually trading so it's it's entirely possible that you know people in the dark energy crystal ethereum pool end up with way more ethereum than they started with and way less dark energy crystal and you know maybe that's a good trade for you you know if you're looking to exit uh or and maybe maybe it's not so as part of the uh as part of the reason to get involved uh the team is giving away uh liquidity incentives and this is a this is a common move by by sponsors of markets to get people you know a, a greater reason to to get involved beyond just the the transaction fees that that they earn as being part of that market maker so they are giving away 3,000 plots of land uh, from the upcoming Splinterland sale and and uh, that is that is a huge incentive so you know the uh, they're, they're splitting it over three months and there was a, a point of clarification on on the recent post but we'll get to that in a second so you know the they jump started the team jump started the pool with <laughs> Uh, Fox's income tax is illegal. Sure, uh, maybe, but it's still a fact of life. Uh, so, the uh, so they jump started the pool with about forty thousand dollars of of U.S. dollar value. So, like twenty thousand dollars of dark energy crystals and twenty thousand dollars of Ethereum, and they priced it at point oh 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 nine. So, at the time, the market price on Hive Engine was point oh 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 six. So, it was a fifty percent premium on on um on uniswap as opposed to hive engine and of course the people who were quick and on the ball people like gerber who alerted me to the whole thing <laughs> uh you know were quick to take advantage of, of that spread and you know they would they would buy on hive engine and sell on uniswap and compress the the difference in prices so that's that's basic arbitrage so um so now the the markets are fairly uh, fairly in, in step with each other and are at that, you know, 0. 0.000 7189, uh, price that we saw a little bit earlier. And if you're in discord, you can actually, uh, follow along with that. So you can do, uh, uh let's see if I remember the command. It's Uniswap deck, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, th so this is a Gerbot command showing that there's 133,000 us dollars worth of liquidity in dark energy crystals price is 732 and 24-hour volume is 1890. i'm not sure the volume number is right uh but you know it's it's in the ballpark and then we can look at deck usd uh uh command and we can see the chart on on high on hive engine of the price in us dollars and you see over the last couple of days there was this huge spike and then it came back a little bit and now is is trending back up and that was that arbitrage day, I guess four days ago, uh, when they started this whole thing. And you can also look at uh, the banjo command, token deck. And that'll give you uh, a, a snapshot of what's going on in Hive Engine without having to go to, to hiveengine.com or to Leo Dex. You can do it straight to Discord, which is, which is pretty nice. Uh, and so the Hive Engine price is 761 and the Uniswap price is 732 So right now, Hive Engine is a little bit higher than uh than uniswap uh, probably not enough to actually do a full arbitrage because of gas fees on on ethereum but you know it those are the kinds of things you want to be aware of now the 
the liquidity incentives that they are providing with the 3000 plots, I mean, that's, that's kind of big. So the, um, you know, each plot is going to have a retail cost or retail price of 20 bucks in the pre-sale that they're launching this week or, or this month or next month. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to pin them down on an exact date. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're selling them half price. So they're going to be $10 and then, you know, there's bulk, uh, discounts. So if you buy a hundred, it's 15% off. If you, if you buy a thousand, it's 25% off. So for a thousand plots, you can buy it for 750 a plot times a thousand, but you can also redeem your dark energy crystals in at par value, which is that 10,000 number or 10 splintoshis or whatever, uh, whatever heck it's trying to come up with. So either way, the, the plots are, you know, pretty valuable. So if we look at the pool, uh, there's this great site. Uh, I don't know if we can actually, yeah, we'll click over here. We go to uniswap.org and this is the, this is the pool, uh, address. You can see that there's 129,651 of current, uh, current value in there. So, and if you, if you look at the, at the pooled tokens, this is really where the price comes from. So we've got 89, 89,224,934 dark energy crystals and 191 Ethereum. And those two things by definition, the way Uniswap works have to be equal. So whatever the market value of the Ethereum is, that's also the market value of that, of that dark energy crystal. So that's how you back into the US dollar uh, amount. So uh, we know that that uh, the team jump-started the, uh, the pool with about 40,000 and they are excluded themselves from the, from the liquidity incentives. So, uh, you know, when we look at the total liquidity, we have to subtract that out when figuring out whatever your position is. So here's total liquidity is 129, let's call it 130,000. And so, you know, of, of non Splinterlands team, involvement there's about ninety thousand dollars in the pool right now and your your share of that ninety thousand dollars and that can grow and, and and decrease over time uh depending on what everybody else does uh will will give you the number of of plots that that you get and in the post uh that they put out today or one of the posts they put out today was uh, a little bit of calculation behind that so that's this is the URL right here, and it's on this calculating rewards section. So uh, I'll just read the section. So at, at the time of writing, there's approximately $128,000 of liquidity in the pool in total. You can see that at the Splinterlands uh, wallet, blah, blah, blah. Currently provides 37.28% of the total pool. Uh, since Splinterlands will not be taking any of the rewards, this amount should be subtracted from the total pool supply when calculating rewards. Hey, Yeb is here. Welcome. <laughs> we finally made it. Uh, we're just talking about the the Dark Energy Crystal rewards, or the pool rewards, rather. So after subtracting the Splinterlands portion, that leaves approximately $80,000 contributed to the pool from players. And sorry if you can hear all that clicking. Uh, my Slack is going nuts. Uh, and then, uh, so assuming that remains the same for the full 30-day period, because remember, they're splitting it up into three 30-day periods, uh, then players will receive one free plot of land for approximately each $80 worth of liquidity 
uh, representing 0.1% of the total contributed to the pool over that time period. So for me, I have, how much do I have? Uh, bu -bu -bu. I've got 3211 uh, in the pool because I put in 2 million and you know with trades over over the the intervening time I've gained 203,000 dark energy crystals and I've lost 0.46 uh, ethereum. So you know uh, if we divide that by by that ratio uh, 80 bucks so let's uh, we're doing it live 3211 divided by 80 bucks so assuming the pool remains the same size over the next 27 days, uh, so that is in uh, liquidity.vision, which is a great site for, for pool management kind of stuff, or, or having vision into your liquidity. Um, so now I've got, uh, I've got 40 plots coming to me you know, for, for the month. That is not bad, because that's 800 bucks uh, in full retail price. You know, even if you discount that down all the way down to the to the to the bulk sale price, you know, with the pre-sale, you know, that's still 750 times times 40. I'll take it. And the the great thing there's 300 bucks even at the discounted price. And the great thing about that is that, you know, for me since I was holding the dark energy crystals anyway uh, for the pre-sale, there's there's almost no downside. I mean, yes, theoretically. The whole market could break or theoretically you know there could be some crazy run on dark energy crystals that i would i would lose everything but you know it's it's highly unlikely let's say so so almost no downside <laughs> there's there's always a potential downside but uh but i'm i'm very uh not concerned about it in this case because my alternative was holding my dark energy crystals and making zero so you know almost anything is is better than that uh, so like what the what the liquidity vision uh, readout is showing me is that I'm actually down eleven dollars uh, and on liquidity pool gains and I'm down three hundred sixty four dollars in market gains because the price of dark energy crystals has come down a little bit since I since I entered the pool. But so what you know because I'm still making you know three hundred to to you know eight hundred dollars in liquidity incentives so that more than makes up for it as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, and, you know, if, if it lasts for three months, then, then great. Um, you know, I'll probably, personally, I'll probably get into the pre-sale earlier, sooner rather than later. So uh, I, uh, I expect that I won't get that second and third month. And yeah, so exactly what Yabba says here. What will be interesting is what will happen after the pre-sale starts and everyone withdraws the liquidity to participate. It will leave a big opportunity for anyone who still contributes liquidity for the second 30-day period. Yeah, and, and that, that is a real consideration. So I like for, for me personally, because I'm going to be buying a sector of 1,000, I'm going to be watching the, the totals, I think, fairly closely as far as how much is, is bought up because there's going to be, there's going to be 100,000... Um, 100,000 uh, plots available in, at least in the first expansion and you know I expect I expect 10,000 of that to be gone like immediately but that that remaining 90,000 I think will take a while uh, just because you know there's only so many dark energy crystals in, a, in existence <laughs> in fact let's take a look at high engine and see what we have here uh, interestingly, I also have a market maker on Hive Engine uh, with uh, Dark Energy Crystals against against Swap.Hive, and I just cannot keep Dark Energy Crystals in stock on that market makers. 
Exact numbers are still TBD. Okay, well, you've said 100,000 in the past, or at least Agrot has, so... <laughs> so that might not be uh, the exact case. But but regardless, the, the principle is the same. I'm going to be watching the... Uh, I'm going to be watching the the market closely and um and you know if i see that you know plots are running out i'm definitely going to pull my liquidity and and then uh you know buy into the presale but uh i, I don't want to miss out on my thousand <coughs> and uh oh yeah says the presale will only offer a portion of the total plots yeah i think i i think i'd heard that mentioned um so right now there's there's 505 million dark energy crystals in existence at least that are outside of null and you know that is obviously has has its daily inflation but you know we saw a huge spike uh when when the uniswap pool came into existence because people were well the price jumped you know a good 50 percent you know at least temporarily people were burning cards uh that were now you know under uh under burn value releasing those dark energy crystals and and then uh you know either selling them or putting them into the pool or whatever. Uh, so Quantum Notches Disk deck has been going up in supply ever since initial dice release, something like 25 million since then. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, did, I haven't looked at the exact uh, mechanics, but, you know, a large part of that was was card burns on that, on that first day of the Uniswap release. Because, you know, it takes time to adjust. So that, that's part of the, the, I don't know if it's an inefficiency, but part of part of the challenge of the uh, of the Splitterlands markets is that things are priced in US dollars, but you're actually trading dark energy crystals, so you have to factor in a you know the exchange rate. And if the exchange rate moves a lot, then you know you can end up with with uh, market prices that are under you know burn values. But that's gonna be, you know, going forward, I think that's gonna be largely fixed with part of what, what the announcement was today that uh deck feed price update so this part so going forward the price feed for dark energy crystal token used within the game primarily used for purchases of cards on the market will be based on the price of the eth slash dec uniswap pair instead of the price on high engine and due to its use of liquidity pools and the relatively significant amount of liquidity available the price of uniswap should be much less volatile than that on high engine which should help alleviate a number of issues that have come up in the past and that is certainly true so the you know, before I think it was like a three-day moving average of uh, of price on Hive Engine, then they changed that to a shorter time window. But still, Hive Engine just doesn't have that much liquidity. There's not that money. There's not that many open orders on the bids and the asks of any particular market. Even though Dark Energy Crystals is one of the most traded on on Hive Engine, even that was not really sufficient for uh, for large amounts of sales. So, you know, if, if you wanted to dump, you know, 5 million Dark Energy Crystals and, and sell that into Swap.Hive, you know, the price of Dark Energy Crystals moved a lot. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you were, if you're trying to exit, then, uh, then that was a problem. But now we've got $130,000 sitting on Uniswap that can, that can absorb those inflows. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's a huge buffer in that, in that price movement. So there's still going to be movement, but it's going to be a lot less compared to how it was before. And I think that's, that is a good thing for, for the market participants of, uh, you know, who want to either buy or sell, uh, dark entry crystals. Cause th the same token applies if you want to, want to purchase a lot, you know? So if you have, I don't know, 
$5,000 you want to put into Splinter Lands, and there are plenty of people who, who have over time, uh, you know, I'm one of them, <laughs> then, you know, by trying to, by trying to buy that through, uh, through the high dimension market, it's a lot more difficult. Uh, you're going to move the price against, you know, you're going to move the price up against yourself a lot more than if you uh, were going through the, through the Uniswap market. And, you know, that applies to credits as well, because, you know, the credits are, uh, at least my understanding, is that they are, uh, they are reserved in escrow uh, on, by Splinterlands, and then when you actually use them, then they go into the market and they buy the Dark Energy Crystals there. So you're still buying through Hivengine, effectively. Uh, but does that make it harder to sell deck anywhere but on ETH, though? I mean, it's, it's just the most liquid market, so that's preferentially where uh, large transactions are going to occur. Uh, same as anything else. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there's a Tron market, there's a Hive Engine market, there's an Ethereum market. So at the moment, Ethereum has the most uh, money in it. And so that's going to be the place for larger trades. Now, if you're if you're selling, you know, 100 Dark Engine Crystals, it doesn't really matter. You'd sell it on a Hive Engine, you're not going to affect the price. Uh, but if you're selling, you know, 10 million, go to Ethereum. <laughs> and it's worth it's worth the expense in, in the gas fees... Uh, on Ethereum, uh, just to just to preserve the market price as much as possible, because you know obviously if you're selling, you want to have you want to sell at the highest price you can. So, uh, but but tying tying the the market feed uh, to the most stable price, I think, is the smart way to go. So I'm I'm a fan of of that uh, of that uh, move. Uh, also, what happens? So, Quantum Notch is asking, what happens after the three-month promo for ETH-based deck market? You know, I expect uh, liquidity to drop at that point, and you know, at that point, maybe there isn't more liquidity on Ethereum than Hive Engine, although probably still, because Ethereum is a much more stable asset to hold than than Hive uh, for for different reasons. But um, but yeah, so the 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 good thing about about uh, putting Dark Energy Crystals against Ethereum on Uniswap, aside from, you know, the market stability and everything, is that really you're pricing, uh, you're pricing Dark Energy Crystals against Ethereum. And Ethereum, you know, compared to Hive, is a way more uh, attractive proposition. Uh, so, you know, there, you know, Switzerland is a complicated market. And you know, you have Dark Energy Crystals, you have Hive, you have Ethereum now, and <laughs> and you have uh, US dollars. And uh, Ron, Ron that says Hive has been a stable coin for six months. Yeah, it's been st it's been stably going down over six months. Just, just slow grind downward. Uh, so so yeah, I mean that is uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. But if I wanted to peg Dark Energy Crystals to one or the other, I would definitely want to peg it to Ethereum. So. You know, uh, that's, I mean, we're seeing the same thing in Wrapped Leo, where, uh, you know, the, the price of Ethereum is now a major factor in the price of Wrapped Leo. And, you know, the Hive Engine market is just kind of reacting to the Wrapped Leo market. So same kind of mechanics. And, uh, and I think that's, that's a good thing. I think diversifying uh, m more broadly uh, away from, from Hive as a token is, is a good thing. You know, I have these arguments on Discord all the time. So I, <laughs> I think Hive has the best technology in crypto. Uh, I really do think that. I think it has th not the worst, but one of the worst managements, management teams, or 
management associations in crypto. So, you know, you got a bunch of people who are who are really great developers and have created this whole uh, ecosystem that, that, you know, it's fantastic for for, you know, I mean, the whole smart contract has been built on it. You know, most popular games, most popular blockchain games in the world, like Splinterlands, are built on it. Uh, you've got, you know, umpteen number of, of, uh, of uh, blog sites built on it. You've got, you know, the people building gambling sites, all kinds of stuff built on Hive. Works great. But, you know, they can't market for, for anything. And, you know, the, right now we're seeing this whole uh, issues with, uh, with the hard fork that they're trying to implement. But then they realize, like, oh, nobody else besides us is, is ready for it. <laughs> you know, so it's... Uh, it's just a, a total mess when it comes to the actual management of the project. And, uh, you know, I guess to some extent that comes with, you know, decentralization because you have all these different, uh, different people with their own opinions and, and that's true. But, uh, like it seems like all the people, and this is just my opinion. It's, it seems like all the people who are at that table seem to, to, uh, to all have very little business sense, <laughs> so uh, I've I've not been a fan of the the witness group for for quite a while, except for my faux partner Krim here. Uh, she, she's excluded. <laughs> you know. uh, yes, you're late, but it's okay. I forgive you. So uh, yeah, Krim and I were shipped together in a fake partnership that neither one of us were were involved with. So some people actually think we are <laughs> we are partners in a witness still. Uh, Either way, uh, so yeah. I overall, I think the Uniswap move is is a great uh, is a great addition to uh, to the Spinnerlands ecosystem. I think it's going to be much better for for market transactions. Uh, let's see. The uh, oh, they even have a section here on the high hard fork delayed. So the originally was scheduled for today, and that didn't happen because well. A, a bunch of stuff would break apparently and so they are delaying it to eh, it's probably going to be thursday friday something like that and after that then we're going to get agro's you know announcement of an announcement release where some large project and something with the in the millions of users is going to be promoting or partnering or something with splinterlands so you know yab has been doing a lot of work on on uh you know, the scaling, making sure the system is ready for lots of users, and uh, hopefully we'll get those lots of users uh, very soon. And, uh, you know, that's that was all scheduled to happen after the hard fork. So hopefully the hard, hard fork will happen here in the next few days and won't have to push back anything uh, because of Hive. Uh, this uh, little change, uh, removing the drop league option, so starting... With the next ranked play season, the new drop league operation will be removed from the game, so players will no longer have the ability to drop down to a lower le league leaderboard within the current ranked se play season. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually not too sure how I feel about that. Uh, I think being able to drop down early in the season was a good move, but uh, yeah, we'll kind of see. Uh, there was a bit of chatter today in the, uh, I think it was in the deep dives, uh, about the use of credit for market purchases. And... Uh, you know, I don't know if it's making through on my, on my microphone, but apparently my kids are screaming about something. So <laughs> apologies if you can hear that. Uh, so 
It says, uh, recently there have been a number of instances in which players who use Explodomance credits in order to purchase cards from themselves on the market with the sole purpose of acquiring Dark Energy Crystals to then sell on various third-party markets. Uh, the use of credits on the market is offered as a convenience to facilitate the purchase of cards on the markets from other players. Going forwards, uh, any, basically they're, they're closing that, that potential. And the, the, the argument against that was like, well, you know, how do you know, um, you know, uh, you know, are you going to be doing some kind of KYC? And I think that is probably not what's going to happen, but there, there are some, uh, there are some, uh, players that are, have known, you know, alt accounts and, you know, just preventing them from, from basically, uh, farming dark ninja crystals. And, you know, this is a very niche kind of thing and I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it, honestly. Um, another thing that came out, because, you know, the, the, the team has been pumping out the updates uh, uh, this week, and one happened like 12 minutes before the start of the show. Uh, so, you know, they are, they have this newsletter that has been going out. I've actually been getting emails about, so that's, that's kind of fun. Uh, new cryptocurrencies accepted, Gala. So Splinter Islands has formed a strategic alliance with Gala Games. And so they're t they're accepting uh, you know those tokens uh, you know they're taking sand from sandbox uh, you know BAT which is great BAT is one of the uh, really popular co coins to use in DeFi uh, you know Uni from Uniswap <laughs> tons of people got airdropped Uniswap and uh, or got airdropped Uni and uh, are you know looking for places to spend you know game from the game credits guys. And, you know, now that this functionality exists with the ERC-20s, that's going to uh, potentially enable a lot more of these kinds of partnerships, which is, I think, uh, pretty great. Um, so last Friday on the AMA, you know, they had Eric from from Gala Games. Can you exchange deck for bat? I mean, it'd take a couple steps, but you could do it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he's a new angel investor and, uh, and I think an advisor for the team and uh, so you know eric was in myspace and he was in zynga and now he's a part of galley games so they are uh going to be taking advantage of his expertise uh which was pretty exciting and a lot of the ama they, they talked about his kind of vision for for blockchain gaming which is the same as as what we've come to to hear from from spinnerlands where you know owning your own game assets is a big deal <laughs> so uh you know i guess it's a little bit preaching to the choir here but you know i've got i don't know what do i have i haven't looked lately uh, i pretty much use this um use this uh show as a time to check my card collection uh but i've got you know 60 grand worth of cards something like that and let's see what we got here compute got so many cards it takes uh, Peak Monsters a little while. There we go. 66000 That's up. All right. So $66,000 worth of assets in this ecosystem. And, you know, yeah, I, I have, uh, I have a, a mini business that works on top of Splinterlands in the, in the Deck 101 uh, suite of services. But, you know, there's no way I could do any of that on a, on a Clash of Clans or on World of Warcraft or, or whatever, uh, simply because you don't own the asset. So your risk of, of everything just being taken away from you is, well, too high for me. 
some people still do it and and we see those news stories we're like oh you know so and so got banned from from youtube or got banned from uh, Fortnite or or whatever uh and, you know they had a streaming channel and that's all gone now and uh that is you know such a such a platform risk that you know it's not worth it to a lot of people including <laughs> including me uh cal says world of warcraft is nfts i'd disappear yeah and i mean there are people who are working on on developing that uh that kind of game style uh and you know there will be a time in the not too distant future where you know there are games like that uh that are uh that are nft and you know owning your assets and splinterlands is you know leading leading the whole movement in that direction <clears throat> so point of all that is that eric uh from gal games agrees with that vision and and was was telling us a, a bit about that on the ama i didn't take too many notes on it just because you know it's like yeah we agree <laughs> uh so on the ama they talked about the big thing with the other with the other uh organization probably starting october 12th ish i don't know if that's been pushed back or not um but uh, so probably next week sometimes uh, there's already games like that, yes, but there have to be, you know, popular games uh, that that work that way. Uh, they talked about the the plots uh, as a liquidity incentive and how you know the swap uh, market is there to create liquidity and stabilize dark energy dark energy crystal price. Uh, the Google Play and Apple uh, App Store submissions are still in the works and. Hopefully this week they'll have version one of the player tutorial, uh, which takes players, you know, from logging in into completing their first battle, uh, which I think is a necessary step before we get, you know, thousands of, of players. And, you know, some people were, were throwing around, you know, you know fun, what I call fun with numbers, where, okay, let's say this other platform has a million people, right? And obviously not everybody's going to click on whatever promotion it is. Let's say one percent <laughs> click on on the uh, on the promotion and, and come over into Splinterlands and create a free account. So okay, great. So one percent of a million is that's ten thousand people, and you know of those, let's say ten percent actually convert into a a um, you know a, a person who has purchased a summoner spellbook. So then we're ten percent of ten thousand is is what a thousand so that would be a very low conversion but you know when you're dealing with such a large audience that's still a big chunk of our current players so the uh on, on rafalski's site uh if we go to users let's say we look at all let's just look at uh so you know we're looking at uh 5,800 to 6,000, depending on the day, up to spike of 6711. <laughs> Paul saying, I've watched enough Shark Tank to know it's not a good barometer to count on. Yes, uh, just that's why it's fun with numbers, right? But, um, you know, it's uh, it's just an idea to give you an idea of the of the universe size. So, you know, whether they will get 1% click through and, and whatever, that's, that's a different story. At this point, because there are no details, we just have to trust that the team knows what they're doing in, in forming strategic partnerships 
and will make an advantageous uh, deal with uh, with whoever it is that's attractive to to all sides uh, the Walski says hi <laughs> uh, frequency of pack sales according to quantum matches frequency of pack sales still seem to be the best indicator of how well the game is doing well maybe so the um, the uh, you know that that's a good measure of the current state yes uh, that is not necessarily a good measure of future growth and um, you know and he's saying that, that has declined over a year yeah because you know user growth has not been commensurate with the uh, has not been commensurate with the with the additional packs from untamed so like I've been saying for I don't know how long as long as I've had the show that user growth is the name of the game so over the last several weeks you know of the AMAs you know Agrid and Yemen have been making the point that it's like okay the infrastructure is in place now where the uh, uh, the, the ability to, to start scaling is is realistic so you know I am I'm cautiously optimistic that they are right and that their scaling efforts will um, will uh, justify that because you know if if there is no user growth, the whole thing dies. Uh, so that, that's just the bottom line. And obviously, I have my money where my mouth is, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, overall, I, I think it's I think that you know with Digicon coming up, uh, that has been that is going to be a nice little uh, shot in the arm. I don't know how you know revolutionary. It's not a 10x event, I don't think, but it's a uh, you know it's a 0.2x edition. Uh, so. Uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of that, and like we talked about last week, you know, fifty thousand uh, daily actives is is what's the beginning levels of success, and right now we're at six thousand. So we got we have to get ten x just to get to the beginning, and uh, so I th I think measuring measuring anything on on the existing statistics is uh, is you know uh, short sighted, I guess. Uh, let's see now. The they just dropped a uh, another post like I said a couple of minutes before the start of the show, and it's something about Splitrun's account creation update. Uh, they're going to be updating its process for creating high blockchain accounts when people when New Year's has joined the game, and so let's see. Since the majority of signups do not end up buying the summoner spellbook, we've been creating a significant number of high blockchain accounts that never get used. This was not a big deal for the amount of signups that we have typically had in the past, but in the near future, we plan to announce a number of potentially very large player acquisition channels, going back to user growth, uh, which could increase the number of signups significantly. As most of you are aware, creating high blockchain accounts is not free. Even using discounted account creation tokens does have a cost, and the number of them that we can create are limited. So we need to change our process in order to be able to accommodate significantly increased signups. Uh, going forward, a high blockchain account will not be created for new Splinternized players until or unless they purchase the Summoner Spellbook. And I think that's fine. Um, so this means that the player will not choose their account name when they first sign up to the game. That I'm not such a fan of. I'd rather them have a, a named account and it just be an internal uh, server account rather than a blockchain account. Um, but, you know, there might be technical issues with that. Instead, a random account name will be given to them, such as Acolyte, 
underscore 10532. Uh, these players will still be able to participate in the game exactly as before, but any transaction they would make to the Hive blockchain will be sent from one of the number of proxy accounts managed by Splinterlands. Additionally, other players can still send cards, packs, delegations, deck, etc. to these accounts by entering their name just like normal. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. So, uh, and that would require that, that blockchain account to exist. Uh, and, hmm, like, how, or, or I'm trying to imagine a circumstance where you have a free account and you would get delegated or sent cards. I guess you could win a contest or uh, something like that. Then, um, then that would happen. So, okay. I can understand that. Uh, so yeah, that's some technical details on, on how that will be implemented. So that's, that's interesting, but again, it supports the whole user growth, uh, approach, which I am definitely in favor of. So I just, you know, I had no idea what this, what this post said before just now. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what, one of the fun things about the Gold Floor Press was at the bottom, I think it was at the bottom, uh, Splinterland Stats. Uh, no, that wasn't the one. Okay, in the email that I got, I, there was a um, there was a little section on, on actual new users. Let me see if I can bring that up. Let's see, Gold Foil, it was called the same thing. Let's see, Gold Foil Press... New cryptocurrency accepted, yada yada. Uh, maybe I'm hallucinating. I, don't, I could have sworn there was a section on on the number of new users that were created last month and then the um, number of new paying users. And basically it was like 300 uh, people who had become new users and had purchased a summoner spellbook. So, uh, you know, I, I took that as, as pretty encouraging considering... When we look at the at the user chart, you know we're talking about, you know, six thousand. So three hundred is a five percent growth in a month. Uh, that was, that was, perfectly nice to see. And uh, but apparently I'm thinking of the wrong post. It was in there somewhere. Maybe it was down here. Uh, maybe not. But uh, I swear I read that somewhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, Quantum is saying, as deck increases closer to 1,001, the amount of pack sales will continue to decline. And that will represent how many new packs sell as new players buy them. The amount of realistic amount of packs sell daily versus players playing is probably less than 5% of total players, maybe 10% once we have enough regularly new players coming in. So, yeah, I mean, it, because you, you still own your assets, you don't need to continually buy packs. You, you know, you buy them once, and then that's, that's kind of it, until or unless you want to upgrade and so, you know, in order to support continually selling more and more packs, then the users, the, the number of users in the system has to go up for that to work. So uh, that's clearly the focus of the whole thing. Uh, oh, I guess I should mention Digicon. Uh, so that is happening on Halloween and it's going to be, so it's going to be like a VR world and out of your world inside like a conference center like uh they're gonna have like a, a hall and different breakout rooms and stuff and you walk around in your little avatar and interact with with the different booths and things so there's gonna be all kinds of stuff finance gaming art media uh obviously the gaming is going to feature splinterlands i think probably pretty heavily i'm sure nft showroom uh, will, will have a presence in the art 
but uh, you know, according to what Agrid was saying, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, from all kinds of uh, companies, both crypto based and not, uh, that are going to be involved in this thing. But you know, Splitlands has a major branding presence, and you know, we'll get a, a like I said, a, hopefully a nice a nice little bump. And uh, you know what uh, what Quantum was saying here about the the price of deck increasing, which which will decrease the uh, the appeal of of packs. I'm, I'm not sure that's 100 percent true. So I understand the rationale that you know if you're getting if you're buying Dark Energy Crystal at a discount to par value, then you're basically buying packs for cheaper than the two dollar retail price. Okay, that's fine. But then the market prices of the cards in the packs do reflect that discounted price. So I'm not sure that's that's a uh, a, a a real difference when you net everything out. And Jarvie's saying, I wonder if the land and crafting system will be time intensive, skill intensive, or just checking in and making good decisions. Yeah, I think it's all TBD at, at the moment. Um, I know uh, Agrod has said that the conditions inside the crafting world will uh, will change and you'll have to make management decisions. Um, you know, everything's blockchain though. So, uh, you know, I doubt it'll be all that time intensive because you know you could write at least the uh, people who can code can can write a script to to manage things so i'm not i don't know we'll see uh i i do think that um that the um uh the rental system or, or land leasing system uh will be pretty pretty prevalent because you know in, in any kind of enterprise there's uh there's different levels of asset value. So like if you look at a piece of commercial property, right? So if you look at a freestanding uh, CVS as an example, so CVS doesn't own any of their real estate. They all do triple net leases where there's a landowner, they rent that land to the CVS corporate. Uh, CVS corporate then goes and builds a building on top of the land. And then, you know, CVS is responsible for, uh, you know, taxes, maintenance and all that kind of stuff. And then they operate the CVS business out of that location and, you know, make whatever revenues. So uh, similarly in the lands, we've got, we've got landowner uh, at the base level. Then there's going to be, um, there's going to be the building or, or, you know, structure or whatever it is, whether it's a guild hall or a or mine or some kind of uh, crafting facility. Um, it's probably going to be tied in with the landowner uh, at that point, just from my understanding on the system. And then there's going to be the operator uh, level where, you know, implementing uh, whatever decisions have to be made, whether that's assigning uh, monsters and summoners or uh, just deciding what to craft. And then there's the the saleable asset uh, that is uh, available at the end of that process. So, you know, there, there's there's room for a lot of different types of ownership structures and, and business relationships in there. So I'm hoping that as a sector, as a future sector owner, that uh, I will be uh, involved in that quite a bit. Obviously, if if it is something that can be done with minimal amount of time, whether through coding or just through the, the way it's set up, then you know the more of that, uh, the more of that vertical value stack, the landowner can can capture. Um, but if it ends up being too intensive, then you know you you farm it out. You uh, you know you you rent out your land for. You know whatever it is, uh, whatever price, and then uh, you know you you segregate those 
those different things. And then the assets themselves will be able to, I, I imagine, will, the, a rental market and a sale market will develop just like we have with, with the monsters and the summoners. Uh, so yeah, make a thousand decisions as a sector owner. Yeah. So if, if it is, uh, it depends on, on the, how the system works. So if it is, uh, automatable, you know, I would do that. If it is, uh, if it is not automatable, but is relatively not time intensive, then I would do that. So like an example of that would be like, okay, so conditions change and the optimal assignment of monsters and summoners to a particular building changes. Now, is that a global level? change for all lands or is that a is that a plot by plot uh individual change and that'll make obviously a huge amount of difference and you know maybe there's some uh assignment you can make uh for the monsters involved that it's suboptimal but it's good enough in in all cases so you know it'd be like a game theory maximum kind of thing um you know well it's it's just a wait and see at this point but uh but i plan to have you know my thousand plus you know, whatever I get as, as liquidity incentive. Uh, so like you have this point earlier about how, you know, a bunch of people are going to withdraw liquidity and buy lands, uh, on, on the presale. It's like, well, you know, if you stay in longer then you know, your, your proportional claim of those rewards is, is going to be greater. Uh, and that's, that's a very interesting proposition because, so I have my 7.5 million for, for the sector ready to go. It's just two of its, two million of it is sitting in the Uniswap pool and the other five and a half million is sitting in my account doing nothing. Um, cause you know, I don't have enough Ethereum to, <laughs> to put it into the pool. Uh, but so I'm going to spend all those one way or the other. And then, you know, between, between the pre-sale and then the actual launch, I'm going to have to save up more in order to, uh, you know, buy buildings and improvements. So, uh, obviously we don't know how much that's going to cost, uh, but it's a bunch, I'm sure, <laughs> especially, you know, times a thousand. Uh, yeah, Quantum says neutrals could wind up being the generic monsters to put in land, whereas best rewards would come from same winner. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, it's, it's all depends on how the actual system, you know, is implemented and, and what the details are. So we'll see. I, I do think people who are selling cards cheap right now uh, might end up regretting it because I think those those lower price cards are going to be targets for these kind of crafting abilities because uh, you know there's you know as you know basically the, the price of the cards is, is a strong function of utility in matches so uh, you know cards that don't get used all that much they don't get uh, they don't have high price but if they now have more utility then you know, then there's there's more support for the price. And I just realized we're coming up on the end of the hour. So uh, I'm going to call it here. And thank you all for coming. And we'll talk more next time. Oh, uh, also remember, Scaredy Cat Show is coming up next. Scaredy Cat Investment Show. So uh, stick around. Check that out.